0: In 5, four, three, 2, 1. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders.
1: Well, we're waiting. Well, welcome into the Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Appreciate you joining us this afternoon. And I thought we'd talk a little bit more about the ACC and uh, as far as what they're going to do on the scheduling front, basically have a brainstorming session with uh, my friend from Tar Heel Illustrated, Andrew Jones. Andrew, good afternoon, sir. Thanks for joining us on the program.
0: Rob, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I am. Uh, I'm holding it down here in in Columbia. It's I'm sure it's the same way up in North Carolina where you are, but it is yeah. hotter than Hades.
0: <laughs> it just yeah can't deal I with the my, heat, brother. I walk about. Uh, five or six miles every day and it's a tremendous release for me but i usually do it after i get a bunch of work done so about three 330 is when i go out and i'd say the last 10 days half of them, the heat index has been in the hundreds the good thing is i feel fantastic afterward because it's a great sweat the bad thing is i've got like soaking wet clothes all the time so
1: I- i'm about to say you probably sweated away to nothing you'll be you will be like You'll look like uh, just the skinniest guy in the world the next time I see you.
0: Yeah, well, compared to maybe prior times you see me, that might apply, but I'll never be a skinny guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm
1: in. I'm in that caption too. My my friends goof on me. They're like, Rob, even in your CrossFit days when you were lifting like hell hardcore all the time, you were still a chunky guy. I was like, Gee, thanks. We're working out six days a week, but yeah, it's still gonna be chunky. <laughs> I, I don't know. But hey, I appreciate you joining us on the program today, and I want to talk a little bit. Normally, you and I would be in Charlotte, in the Queen City, talking about uh, what Coach Mac Brown is going to be doing in his second uh, his second season and his return to North Carolina. But we've got, uh, of course, the COVID that has shut down pretty much everything. And the big thing, the big news, is that <laughs> Notre Dame looks like they're going to join the conference for one season. Is this something that, uh, when you really stop and look at it? It's more of a favor for Notre Dame than it is for Notre Dame doing something for the ACC. Would you agree?
0: Uh, well, I think on the surface, I wrote a call about this last Friday, actually, and it, John Swafford has not minced words when he says that you know, the, one of the things that they want out of Notre Dame is for the Irish to become a football member of the ACC. And there was a lot of criticism when Notre Dame came into the league for everything but football, and I, and I guess Swafford's response has pretty much been, look, guys, the objective is to get them in at some point down the road, to get them in for football. And if you get them in for everything else, get them accustomed to the culture, get them used to sitting at the table with the rest of the schools in the league, that becomes more of a reality than if you're not, if you don't have those opportunities, if you don't have that, that relationship. So the relationship is there. And now at a time when Notre Dame is in serious need, the ACC is going to come in perhaps and help out Notre Dame. But what it does is it forces Notre Dame to put its football foot in the ACC water more than just the agreement to play five or six teams a year. And what if Notre Dame plays ends up playing Clemson for the ACC championship in Charlotte? What if fans are allowed in, at the games by then and there's a full house and, and ABC is there and it gets amazing ratings and Notre Dame sees the value in having that extra game, that extra game opportunity uh, I, I I think that if you're ever going to get Notre Dame into the ACC to play football, having a test run season, which never would have come about in any other scenario is not such a bad thing. So in, in 2020 being what it is, why not give it a try?
1: But You know, you have the other end of it too. What happens if Notre Dame comes in for this season and they don't make it to the ACC championship game? That's the other side that I don't think a lot of people have thought about. Now I know the Irish are, a team that's ranked in the top ten in the preseason, but preseason polls are, are like diet plans—they can go away quickly. I mean, if they jump into the conference and they don't make the conference championship game, I mean that could be a
0: blemish uh, to Notre Dame, in my opinion. Well, that's okay, but if if we're talking about the how the ACC benefits, if Notre Dame is in the coastal, even in a lopsided league, even if there's eight coastal, seven uh, Atlantic, there they have to be somewhere. They can't be an island in the middle. If they're in the Coastal, and let's say North Carolina or Virginia Tech wins the Coastal, and Notre Dame is still pretty good, and people think Notre Dame is going to be pretty good this year, that validates whoever comes out of that division a little bit more. And Lord knows the Coastal division could use some validation. So I think it's a win for for the ACC. You know, in in my column, I'm a guy that goes, I was born and raised in Northern Virginia. or I was born in California, but I was raised in Northern Virginia. I was raised on the ACC. You know, Holly Farms and Sail with the Pilot and all that stuff. The ACC has survived a lot of dramatic changes over the course of time. It was founded making dramatic changes when it cut away from the Southern Conference, but. Everything in life is changing. Sports is changing. If they have an opportunity to bring in Notre Dame for football, and which would necessitate a 16th team down the road and be the first league to be the super conference 16-team thing, and you've got Notre Dame in your footprint for football, and you've got Clemson, and you know that at some point Florida State's going to return, Virginia Tech has cachet, Miami has a lot of cachet, when Georgia Tech and North Carolina are good, people pay attention. I think the league could be really, really, really good moving forward, and it would help. So you bring in Notre Dame now, you check things out, you see what happens in a crazy year. If they don't win the league, no big deal. If they do win the league, this is 2020. There's going to be a giant asterisk next to literally everything we do in society this year moving forward. So I think it's worth, worth a, a shot to, to see if this can work.
1: You mentioned the idea of divisions. Do you think that they may scrap divisions this year and, just, and then go at it like they do with, in basketball?
0: Yeah. The, the the thing about it is, is, is you have a, a means with the tournament and basketball to determine your champion. If you scrap the divisions, even if they play 10 conference games, there's I, I haven't crunched the numbers myself, but somebody I respect a lot has. And they said you could have a couple of un, like maybe three undefeated teams. Let's say there's three undefeated ACC teams at the end and it's Clemson and then it's Notre Dame and somebody else. Well, how does the league determine whoever that other team in the championship game is? I said, well, they'll probably use whatever the playoff formula is, whatever they use to determine that in the the playoff rankings. Whoever's the highest in the playoff rankings would probably get the nod. I don't think the league wants to deal with something like that because it could be a political nightmare. Can you imagine if one of the charter schools like a North Carolina doesn't get into the championship game, but but Notre Dame, who's sort of an interloper for the year, gets in? I think that could cause a lot of trouble inside the league and I think they'll do everything they can to avoid it which is and I have no inside information on this Rob my guess is if they do play football in the ACC they'll be in one of the divisions and most likely the coastal
1: but on that front you say if they do play football I mean the roads are are starting to point towards that and you know Clemson had some good news this past Friday where they went from 37 cases of um with with student athletes of uh, of confirmed coronavirus cases on campus to zero so obviously what they're doing at clemson is is working in theory and i don't Mm -hmm. i I don't i've seen some other numbers where it looks good at other parts of the country but i mean is it looking like we're going to have some sort of a season and if so i i think it's going to be in a venue where it's pushed back we may not start games until say the second week of september
0: yeah, I, I would. I, I could see that. North Carolina released something yesterday, uh, stating that they will uh, administer social distancing at Keenan Stadium this season. And they they send out that release three days before the ACC is going to make its announcement on the thirtieth. So that would tell me that they they know there's going to be. A, why would they waste the time and effort to come up with this plan, right. go through all the streams they need to to put that release out? If the ACC, if Swafford's going to say on. On Thursday, ha, no season. NC State announced this morning that fall camp starts August 3rd for the Wolfpack. Now, they could move it up because still scheduled is an opener against Louisville. That's also been moved up because the Kentucky Derby was pushed to that weekend. and They want to get a little separation between because Louisville Stadium is essentially across the street from Churchill Downs. They want to get some separation there. So those are clear indicators to me that everybody involved believes there's going to be some kind of a season. I think the biggest question is, is it the regularly scheduled games you already had, or do they break this thing down and make it more regionalized? Regionalized isn't going to help Syracuse and Boston College too much. Uh, So uh, I think it would be kind of hard to make it justify making it very regionalized and only bus rides for the schools in North Carolina and Virginia, for example, but not for Pittsburgh, not for D.C., not for Syracuse or Miami. I think they'll probably just go with whatever the regular schedule was. If they add some games, one of them, six teams are already playing Notre Dame, including Clemson. And by the way, that runs into a little bit of a question too: if it's ten plus one, which is what David Teal wrote about the other day, um, you know, does Clemson still get to play? Uh, South Carolina, that'll be interesting too. I've heard some stuff about an alliance with the SEC because a lot of it. There's six ACC-SEC matchups this year, and right. you know, you, I'm sure down there, you guys talk all the time about the importance of preserving uh, that series that's been going on since I believe 1909. Which yeah. should be a, it'd be horrible for college football if that game is not played, in my opinion.
1: Well, I, and I agree with you. And I, I, I uh, the traditional matchups, you know, Georgia Tech, Georgia, even though. It's kind of one-sided with Georgia right now, and the other matchups too: Florida, Florida State, Louisville, Kentucky. These are great matchups that that just kind of feed college football, in my opinion. But uh, President Clements uh, from Clemson said that you know they're going to do everything in their power to make that happen. And if there's if they do have the ten plus one, I'm pretty confident that uh, the plus one for both South Carolina and Clemson will be the uh, the annual rivalry game. You know, I have to ask. I'd like you know,
0: to I'd ahead, like, see the plus one. I'd like to see the plus one for a lot of the ACC be an SEC team. Can you imagine? Maybe Notre Dame comes in; they're in the ACC this year, and everyone's plus one is an SEC team. So Notre Dame plays ten ACC teams, and they play somebody from the SEC. That'd well, be pretty cool. That would be pretty
1: cool, and, and but uh, they, uh, they already they had. By
0: the way, yeah, yeah go, ahead. go
1: ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. They they well, already have Arkansas
0: on the schedule, so
1: they want to have that matchup.
0: Yeah, and Mississippi State, NC State, and North Carolina Auburn are also scheduled to play. So, if they could preserve those games, I, and I know Gary Stokin, I, I've been going back and forth with him. So he runs the Chick-fil-A bowls down there in Atlanta. He's doing everything in his power to have you to keep the UNC Auburn game, which is the second weekend of the season, and he'd like to have you know a semblance of of, of a of, cra- of a crowd there at that game. We're still six seven weeks away from that, so we don't know what things are going to be like, but. A lot of people that are movers and shakers and deal with a lot of cash want a lot of these games to play.
1: Well, I have to ask you this, and uh, and and this is not a a, a a pick at Coach Brown, but Coach Brown is on the um, he's in advanced age. He's he's an older gentleman, and the older generation is has been really hit hard as far as uh, with stuff with the coronavirus. Do you think that uh, they're putting in special stuff to try to? keep coach brown healthy i mean do you think that there's something that um that they can do to make sure that he doesn't get infected i mean because he's going to be around a bunch of young guys and you know that just seems like it's it's almost like putting him in a petri dish with uh with this virus
0: well we just talked to him last week extensively about this and each we've had him four times since the shutdown started on zoom and each time he, he talks about wearing a mask, washing his hands. But they've gone another step here, and they've, they've done a pretty good job, and I'm saying Dave, UNC, putting stuff out on social media that where the coaches are wearing face shields. They have these six-yard sticks where they're main, they just hold the stick, and it's six yards or six feet, rather. And they know that they're always six feet away from a player when coaching them up from another coach. Uh, every by all accounts, and I'm not in the King Football Center. They're not letting any of us over there right now. But by all accounts, they are following those rules pretty closely. Uh, you know the, the social distancing and mask wearing rules. And of course, Mac understands his age. He knows he's actually lost weight. And uh, David Cutcliffe has lost weight too. Maybe one of the reasons they have lost some weight is to be a little bit healthier in case they do contract it, that they could fight it off a little bit better. But um, Mac doesn't seem concerned. He says as long as he follows what he's supposed to do and, and everybody in the program does the same thing, that he should be okay.
1: It's weird for me to ask questions like that because I have so much respect for Coach Brown. It's almost like I'm questioning his vitality, and I am by no means doing that. Uh, but it, it just, when I see coaches that are, and, and you know, Coach Sabin, he's older, he's in his 70s, and you have to think, man, that's, if i were the family of these gentlemen i would be kind of worried about that it's just you know when you see just the covid numbers and how it affects the the older folks better or, or on a worser level than the younger folks
0: yeah and you know he's been asked about it every time we've had him on so um i would say two or three questions at least each time we we've, we've had him on he's been asked about that and he knows what the what the risks are, but I also think that um, he, he just really isn't overly concerned about it as long as he does what he's supposed to do. I know we had Roy Williams on a couple months ago. You know, Roy's only a year or so he's a year or so older than Mac. Roy's actually 70 now. He turned 70 in August. Uh, he said the same thing he's in fact uh, they, they've had a couple of basketball practices this month and and the program has tweeted out some pictures and Roy's sitting there coaching him up in practice and he's wearing a mask so you know people are doing what they got to do um, the, I think when you're in that age group my dad's in that age group uh, he, he he doesn't want to wear a mask he doesn't like a lot of this stuff but he's doing it because you got to you got to protect yourself and and you got to protect others and uh, you know It's 2020, Rob. You and I have talked about this a couple of times on the air and off the air. This is bizarre. And it's bizarre that we're actually talking about a coach's health in this sense because previously it never would have been something that would have come up. So hopefully we get through all this. There are no cases of of head coaches that I know of that have contracted this since a lot of these kids have returned. In fact, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when that college athlete started – Returning to campuses back in early June, there have been a lot of positive test cases, but I know of no hospitalizations or anything like that. So, right, you know, no, we, none we that I've seen. Focus, you're, you're absolutely right about that. So, yeah, I, we I, do kind of tend to focus as a society on the negative element, but there are some things that at least aren't as bad as maybe we feared they would be. Right. That we can look at as well, and I think that's one of those things.
1: Well, and, and once again, I think with the with the college athletes, they are in the absolute best shape of their lives. Uh, their immune yeah. system is off the chart as far as how great it is. If they do catch it, I have pretty much every doubt or no doubt that they'll absolutely recover from it. And I just I just worry about people that are are older and because yeah. the studies have shown that it could be something that uh, could affect them a little bit differently. But I'm glad that Coach Brown and Coach Williams are up there and they they've actually came out and said, yeah, we're we're you know we're doing what we can to try to make sure everything is healthy just for them instead of talking more about their players and everything else. I mean, because, you know, the fans care about their coaches as well. And, you know, you've got two legendary coaches up there that uh, are on the upper end of that age front. You know, you mentioned really quick here about uh, the social distancing at, uh, at North Carolina stadium up there. H- how do you think that that's going to work on game day? I mean, that just seems like, man, that's going to be tough to
0: enforce. Well, I saw something, I believe it was last month, uh, or maybe it was two days ago, I was watching the Orioles play, and which, in ironic, they didn't play yesterday or today because of the Marlins situation, but they were showing some clips of fans being allowed into games in South Korea, in the professional baseball league there. And everything looked normal outside the ballpark with people walking up. In fact, I was thinking, wow, they're going to have a full house. But then they showed them completely scattered, like in twos, around the, around the stands, and that's probably what it will look like. It'll be very, very odd. But the good thing is that they, nobody has come out that I'm aware of and said it will be like this for the entire season. They, right. they, they, there is an allowance in there to adjust. I think baseball has the same thing. For example, let's say this thing blows away in the next four or five weeks. By the time baseball gets to the postseason, maybe fans can be allowed. Maybe by the time we get to a World Series, the, you know, can you imagine a World Series with no fans, that fake crowd noise and the cardboard cutouts? That would be the it's weirdest terrible. thing on the planet. That'd be the weirdest thing on the planet. So I still remain optimistic. You know me. We've talked a lot about this. And and, I, and I, it's hard to predict the virus. And it's hard to predict how we will react as a society to the virus because it's kind of it, that's been a story in and of itself as well. So I don't. I don't want to. I'm not going to make any predictions about what things will be like in October, and November. I can just be hopeful, Rob. <laughs> and I hope that the press, the media is allowed in the press box, and I hope eventually fans are allowed in the stands, and we can have some kind of normalcy because goodness knows we all need some kind of normalcy right now.
1: You're absolutely right about that, and uh, it's it's so interesting that, I, and I've noticed this just from my social media feed where people are people that normally tweet out things about, you know, their favorite sport, you know, South Carolina, Clemson, the Atlanta Braves, whatever. You know, I follow a ton of people that put that stuff out. And then all of a sudden, when that's not there, they're they're putting all of the their politics and everything else out there. I mean, sports are the equalizing factor in our country because you can be um you could be a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whatever, but you got a team. And you may have yeah. a team where somebody else from that, that isn't of your political ideologies are um, you know, they have a team too and you all can be fans together. And that, I think that's one of the big things our country is missing now is um, the camaraderie that we have uh, when we have actual sports. So
0: I agree, you know, quick, very funny, quick story. In sure. 2006, I, I covered the Carolina hurricanes run to the Stanley cup. They won the Stanley cup in 2006. And uh, as you know, in this area, in the Triangle, you've got Duke, NC State, North Carolina, and it's it, it it's pretty heated. It, it may not be Clemson, South Carolina in football, but it's still pretty heated. Even Duke, Carolina uh, was probably close to that, maybe not as, as crazy, but it's still very, very intense. And I did a story going around the locker room with the Hurricanes, asked, talking to a bunch of the different players, many of whom are not from the United States originally, and and asking them, you know, do, do you understand how you guys are the first thing that's come along that could bring Tar Heels, uh, Wolfpack, and Blue Devils together? Yeah. And a lot of the players had a lot of fun with it and took some pride in it. And actually, a couple of them have become NC State fans. They play in the same building NC State basketball does. And so I wrote that piece, and it, and it got a lot of I got a lot of feedback from it. That's on a smaller scale, obviously, to what you're talking about, but. You know, when I'm talking sports with somebody, I don't care what their politics are. I generally don't care what their politics are anyway. But the beautiful thing about sports is it's supposed to be a realm where that stuff's not allowed in there. And I'm not going to go about how things are changing on that front. But at least if you have a game to watch or if you have a game to talk about or a team to talk about, people aren't talking about how much they hate one another and their opinions and everything else. So we need it. We need the escape. Big time, because right now there, there really aren't any escapes except a little bit of baseball on TV, and that's about it. Uh,
1: I have to ask because you know the basketball players are back on campus. How are things going as far as as workouts uh, with the uh, the Tar Heel basketball team?
0: We have very limited information. I just know that you know, they got a lot of freshmen, uh, a few older players, and um, they got a couple kids from last year that are still trying to get healthy. Anthony Harris sterling manley i have no idea sterling manley will be available this year but they've got a nice they've got a nice nucleus they've got a nice talent base they should be significantly better than a year ago i know that roy roy is very invigorated and when roy's invigorated and a little bit pissed off that's a good thing for carolina because they usually follow up one of those subpar seasons with a pretty good run And i suspect that they've got that coming
1: Of course, Andrew Jones joins us from Tar Heel Illustrated. You can find his work at tarheelillustrated.com. And, of course, uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well. Where can they find you on Twitter, sir?
0: At Heel Illustrated. Not heels, but heel. At Heel Illustrated.
1: Drop the S. Leave the heel alone. Heelillustrated.com. Andrew, once again, man, I want to bring you back on. We can actually talk about what North Carolina is going to have as far as uh, the Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's. Once we, uh, car, once we have a cart, once we have an actual stamp on what kind of season we're going to have, man, I look yeah. forward to that.
0: Yeah, I always enjoy talking to you, my friend. You know that.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you next time. All right, take
0: care, Rob. Bye-bye. All
1: right, Andrew Jones from Tar Heel Illustrated. Interesting stuff there. We learned a lot about, um, of course, the, the Mac Brown stuff where Coach Brown is older, and that's something you got to think about. You know, you got a much older coach, they are at a point where you can, um, the actual coronavirus numbers can't affect them more than anybody else. And that's something that if I am uh, the university, I'm worried about. But I do know that coaches like Saban and, and Coach Brown, and let's be honest, when you're a head coach of a Division One football program, you are the alpha male of the room. You walk in, everybody shuts up. It's that kind of thing. And I think that it would take a lot to get them out of that uh, arena where, hey, I'm walk- when I walk in, it's me. But on the other end, we all have to face mortality at some point. And I don't know. Um, I-, I think it's interesting uh, how they're dealing with it. I did see the picture of Coach Williams uh, coaching with a mask on, which is uh, interesting in itself, of course, uh, Coach Williams is 70. Coach Brown, I think, is right at 69 years old. So interesting stuff there. Now, we'll respond to what you uh, what he talked about here on the rundown, 803-978-1832. You know, I, I'm in the camp of the more and more I look at it, I'm not sure what exactly having Notre Dame in football really does bring the ACC. And people are like, what are you talking about? Look, other than eyeballs – and, and let's be honest, that's pretty much what they can bring. Just saying. If you look at it from just the perspective of they're going to bring just the Notre Dame fan base, that's about it. I'm not really on fire with this whole thing of, well, that's if Notre Dame comes, it's the absolute biggest thing ever. I, I, I just don't buy that. If you look at Notre Dame since 1993 has six bowl wins. Six. They have a losing record to NC State. They've got a losing record to Clemson. I think they've got a losing record to Florida State. Now, granted, there are some teams that are, or some schools in the conference that, let's be honest, they don't really care about football, okay? But this is not the 1980 team, or the the team from the 80s, or the 90, late 80s, early 90s, when Lou Holtz was there, and they were an absolute powerhouse, and they're playing Miami, and... You know, the Catholics and convicts stuff. It's it's not that same Notre Dame team. It's really not. I think that Notre Dame, it, they've gotten a complete, in my opinion, just just babied to be in the ACC right now. And in, in my mind, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. You give them... They would have to figure out who they were going to play. They'd have like four games uh, with four teams that they could schedule. BYU, New Mexico State, Army, and UMass. These conferences don't have to do anything, uh, anything for Notre Dame. They don't. Angie asks, is Notre Dame going to have to share any of its TV money with the ACC or everyone keeps their own? I don't know. That's something that they've got to work out. But for me personally, I'm in the camp of Notre Dame is interesting. It'd be great to have them if you're an, if you're in the ACC. But let's be honest, the, their fan base, by the way, is adamant. They don't want to be in the ACC. They don't want to do it. Not that the fans can drive everything, but the reality is, is that it's I'm at a point where I'm not buying into what Notre Dame can completely bring to the ACC to make it better. And the interesting thing, and, and I kind of mentioned this with Andrew earlier, look, what happens if Notre Dame comes into the conference and they don't go to the ACC championship game? What happens if that happens? And then all of a sudden they leave. They couldn't win the conference, so they, you know, if they do just the one-year window... And they leave the conference and go on about their merry way. I think that makes Notre Dame look weaker, in my opinion. To be honest, right now, I think Clemson's better than they are. And I'd probably take North Carolina to beat them. I probably would. Wouldn't shock me if Louisville gave them a heck of a game. Remember last year, Louisville did some great stuff uh, against Notre Dame. So there's lots of things to look at there with that. But I think for the betterment of college football, and what I mean by that is, is that we have to have so many, you know, you've heard the whole Notre Dame exception, and Notre Dame gets this, and they don't have to play in a championship game. So in theory, they can be a 12-0, uh, 12-0 team instead of a 13-0 team. You, you hear all of that. They've already got, it's almost like they come into the season and they have uh, seven-foot basketball goals to play on. So they're going to dunk a lot. They schedule teams like Navy. They schedule teams like uh, Bowling Green. They have a couple of matchups on their schedule that are pretty ho- uh, high up, I guess. If you consider Southern Cal, who hasn't been really good in a while, Stanford is okay.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten Lucky? Lucky? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly
1: Auto Parts. But in the end, for it is okay. But in the end, no, this isn't the Notre Dame team from the 90s. And adding them, I guess, would be good from the viewership standpoint. But as far as, hey, this is going to be a team that's going to come in and compete for the ACC title, get out of here with that nonsense. I'm not even – I can't even remotely entertain that. I think it's Clemson's conference for a while now, but I'll take Florida State. I think Florida State can get back to where they need to be. And remember, North Carolina's, uh, North Carolina's there as well, but you've also got Miami. Just saying. You drop Notre Dame into the, into the ACC, they play 10 games. Wouldn't surprise me if they went 7-3, 8-2. If Clemson's on the schedule, that's a guaranteed loss. And then you move your way down from there. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Alex says on Facebook Live, he thinks that they should join the Big Ten. He also says Navy tends to give Notre, Notre Dame a run for their money every year. I get that, sir, but I think we need to get off of this, this thing that Notre Dame is going to be something that can make ACC football so much better, because I just I don't think it can. I think it'll bring eyes, people that are going to watch, but as far as the football front, not buying it, man. Not buying it. I think they're an average team at best right now. This is the rundown. You are listening. To Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back into the rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. My name is Rob Sanders. You should be checking out the website, foxsportsradio1400.com. Why? Because last night I had uh, some great stuff that I put up there, including uh, Atlanta Braves pitcher um, uh, Fulton Navich has... It's like my brain is scrambled right this second right now. Uh, Mike Fultonavich from the Atlanta Braves uh, has been uh, DFA'd, designated for assignment. He will not be with the team anymore. Stuff like that. I also had an interesting story on Jadavion Clowney, which we'll go over that in a moment. But you got to check out Charlotte FC. They're taking over the Queen City. Get ready to cheer on the Charlotte Football Club with a prize pack valued at $250.00. Each prize pack includes a team scarf, a flag, a face mask, a commemorative coin, also a T-shirt and a decal. Go to FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Check out our contest page. You can sign up and you can win. There you go. If you're into uh, soccer with Charlotte FC coming up to um, having their team up in Charlotte, kind of a big deal for the, um, the football front. I know my buddy Lawton Swan's big on big on football and, and I've actually been watching some of these guys playing in uh with uh with the COVID killing us. But you can win your Charlotte FC pack by going to our contest page at foxsportsradio Radio com and sign up and you can win. Team Scarf, flag, face mask, commemorative coin, t-shirt, and a decal. Some cool stuff there. Now, before we get back, uh I've got some the Jadavion Klein story, we'll get into that in a moment. I was talking with the folks that are watching the live feed about the If we get to a point where we have the 16-team super conferences, you know, adding Notre Dame would give the ACC their 15th team, I think is what uh, the math works out to be. The other team that should be in the ACC, when you really stop and look at it, is the West Virginia Mountaineers. West Virginia plays in the Big 12 right now. If we're doing it just from a, ge- a geographical standpoint, they should be in the ACC. In my opinion. Now, I know that uh, SEC fans, that they, they want to run their mouth about, oh, Missouri's in our conference and they don't really need to be there. Even though if you, you look at Missouri, they're in the SEC since like 2012. They have two SEC East titles. They have the same amount of SEC East titles as Florida does from the time they came in the conference. But, you know, Mizzou doesn't bring anything on the football front. But the geographical standpoint, I can understand why people are like, you know what? Having them there doesn't make a lot of sense, and, and I can understand that, but you can't really divvy things up from just the perspective of, of you know, the geographical side of it. There's TV market stuff and expanding your reach here and there, and, you know, there's there's lots of scientists that put their uh, their stuff into it about this will go over well in some markets and this won't. It's a mess. It really is a mess. But in the end, I think that if there is a 16th team, it should be, in my opinion, West Virginia, if Notre Dame is the 15th team. We'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832 is the number to call. You know, if the SEC were going to add two teams, I don't know if they're going to go and pick from the ACC. But if I were in the SEC, I would definitely look at going after Oklahoma State or even Oklahoma. That would make a lot of sense. But then again, I'm not up there with the athletic directors uh, sipping champagne and eating caviar and everything else. That's not really my thing. Just a guy who likes to watch the games and sit in the stands. Jimmy asked on Facebook, Rob, what other sports has Notre Dame had any success in the ACC? So I thought about that for a minute. Their, their basketball team was really good for a bit. Right now they're considered middle of the pack. Their women's hoops team was outstanding. I think they won a national title as um, while they've been in the ACC. But their baseball team's not really good. Uh, I'd have to look at swimming and diving and everything else because I don't really know on that. But as far as team sports, I mean, other than a slight run in, in men's hoops, And what they've done in women's hoops, which has been outstanding. It's not like they've come in and dominated the ACC. But Notre Dame people will tell you it's all about football with them. At least they're honest. 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. I'm in the camp that John Swofford screwed over the conference, in my opinion, by helping Notre Dame out. They should have a 10-year contract. And I tell you what, no other conference in the country would have done that. No other conference would have said, "You know what? We're not going to let you just come in for a year. We're not going to do that." Notre Dame is treating the ACC like they were they were dating in high school and they like them. They like each other, okay? One one can help out the other. But the reality is, is that the A- Notre Dame doesn't want to go and be fully committed to the ACC. It's like they'll go through the drive through at the Dairy Queen, but they're not actually going to stop and let their friends see them. That's kind of the way that it boils down to. It's like the ACC is an average-looking chick. I guess that's the easiest way that I can put it together. And Notre Dame thinks that they're the big, huge football stud, and they don't want to be seen with the ACC. Simple as that. And that's how their fan base thinks, by the way. I'm talking about their fan base like they're just some odd entity. It's not like that. It's just that when you talk to Notre Dame fans about football, they think that football was invented at Notre Dame. And a lot of fans think that way. But with Notre Dame, for some reason, they get a pass. The king of the passes, man. And I think that John Swafford could have held their feet to the fire and had him in the conference for, even if it's a five-year run. Just tell them, look, this is what you got to do. We'll take calls on that this afternoon at 803-978-1832. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. As uh, John Swafford has rolled over for Notre Dame in my opinion. We'll have the full the full statement coming up on the 30th with and it's it's supposed to be the the what the ACC is going to be doing with football, but it's basically uh, let's welcome Notre Dame in for their one year. Not that they could play anyone else. But we're doing them a huge favor, so here you go. All right, of course, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Rob Sounds. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jadavion Clowney because I posted that he was going to one team last night, or he was thinking about going to one team last night. And then another coach today, or was it last or yesterday evening, was asked about him. Wow. Jadavion Clowney is uh, a special, special player. But right now, I, I think he's kind of priced himself out of the market. I'll tell you what I mean about that in a moment. You are listening to the rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Rundown.
1: Final segment of the show this afternoon. I mentioned that I was going to talk about Jadeveon Clowney, and there were two stories that came out involving the former number one, uh, I guess he's always the number one draft pick, the number one draft pick from the University of South Carolina. You know, this guy, when he's on the field, he's outstanding. But last night I posted a story on my blog page at FoxSportsRadio1400.com, and it talked about uh, Bradley McDougland, Clowney's ex-teammate on the Seahawks, who was traded to the Jets on Saturday posted a screenshot of a FaceTime conversation that he had with Clowney saying that Clowney told me to tell the Jets to come and get him. Let's make it happen. All right, that makes sense. But then there, he was asked by a Tennessee coach, Derek, or not Derek Fisher. Why am I thinking? Mike Vrabel, because I think Derek Fisher because of the mustache. Um. Vrabel said about Clowney, he says, right now JD is a free agent and not under contract with the Titans. He's a free agent that we've had contact with, but that's all I can tell you. So when you see that, Clowney wanted like $18 million a year. It's getting to a point now where Clowney may have priced himself out of the market. With the way that, and the leverage that uh, team owners have right now, what training camp starts next week, the week after, whatever it is, and we're at a point where Clowney's got to figure out where he's gonna wants to go. Here's the sad thing, okay? Vic Beasley left the Atlanta Falcons and signed with the Tennessee Titans for a one-year contract. Uh, it's nine million guaranteed, three and a half million dollar. He can't make up the twelve and a half million dollars, okay? if he meets the incentives of the contract. I don't think Clowney's going to get a deal that's that good. Wait, what? Yes, I don't think Clowney's going to get a deal that's that good. I think a lot of, of, um, of teams have already set where their team is, and a lot of teams aren't, don't have an $18 million window, which is what I think Clowney wants in his contract, to sign Clowney to come to the team. Clowney's 27 years old, so he should be entering the prime of his career. But he had that microfracture surgery on his knee, and you can make an argument that he hasn't been healthy. You know the old adage, you can't make the club if you're in the tub. Clowney, when he's on the field, he's outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. But I'm not sure who's advising him, but he should fire them and he should hire me, because I would go and I would find out what teams are going to offer him, and I would at least give him the advice of, we're in the middle of a pandemic, sir. A lot of these teams have already set up what they're going to pay folks for the year. You're asking for a heck of a lot of money for a guy who had three sacks last season. Now, I know that the Jadavian Clowney lovers, the the people that were like, my goodness, I've seen him at South Carolina, and I absolutely love him and think he's the best defensive player in football, they will tell me it's not always about sacks. And I say that is not true. He was brought into the league. His thing is rushing the passer. You have to get more than three sacks a game if you are going to ask for $18 million a year. I don't care. You need more than three sacks. Someone needs to go to Mr. Clowney and tell him, look, figure out what you want. And then this is what they're going to give you. Find a middle ground and get the first team to sign you. Do a one-year deal where you have to go out there and it motivates you to play. I have no problem with that. That's the same deal that Vic Beasley has because he had up and down seasons with Atlanta. But now Beasley's going to be hungry. Because he's 28. If he wants another three-year deal to finally finish out his career, he's going to have to bust his butt and play well for Tennessee. Clowney needs to be thinking the same way. Yes, I may go in and I may pay, get paid, I don't know, $8 million. Let's just throw that out there as a round number. But the reality is I'm going to play my butt off for that $8 million. I'm going to be a model citizen I'm going to try to keep myself from getting injured and then teams will want to come to him at the end of this season when he's 28 years old and, you know, still on the, on the rise is how, well, how great of a player he can be. And then he'll get paid. But this season with the pandemic, it's not happening. And someone needs to tell him that I'd be shocked. In fact, I'll come on the air and talk about it. If he gets a contract, that is bigger than what uh, Beasley got to play for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Final thing this afternoon, you know, I kind of mentioned this earlier, Mike Fulton-Davich gets DFA'd, designated for assignment for the Atlanta Braves. My, how the mighty can have fallen. This guy was the 2018 Game 1 starter for the Braves in the postseason. Now he's gone. He was throwing beach balls up there last night. I've never been a guy that could go up and like hit a baseball, but I, I bet Teddy Hefner could have roped one of those last night. Don't expect Teddy to run down the bases, but I, I think Teddy could have gotten at least a piece of one, some of those balls he was throwing up there last night. 88 miles an hour is what his fastball was clocked at. And I'm not talking like 88 miles an hour with Greg Maddox where he can place it within you know, a dime. I'm talking about Big flat baseballs right down the middle of the plate that just about anybody can crack to the end of time. That's what's got Mike Fulton out for the Atlanta Braves. And by the way, as I'm waving at you as a Braves fan, they've got a problem with their pitching staff. Newcomb wasn't very good the other night against the Mets. Now you don't have Fulton And let's be honest, Soraka's still a young guy. I mean,. It's, uh, that Braves pitching staff could be a problem. Could be a problem heading uh, through the rest of the season. If we have more of a season, even though they came out and said they're going to do the whole thing where, yeah, we're going to keep the season going, you could be seeing a Miami Marlins team with their uh, their taxi squad. That could happen. I think they have, what, nine players test positive for the COVID and they've all got to go into quarantine. Can you imagine if your team does get right, and all of a sudden, at the end of the season, it comes up that right before the playoffs start, your ace pitcher, your Mike Soraka for the Atlanta Braves, has to go on a quarantine. There goes your chances, man. I, I, I'm beginning to think that Major League Baseball should have done this in a bubble like the NBA did because having all these players where they've kind of been unchecked, you know, you can make an argument that what the NBA is doing is kind of silly, but there haven't been any tests, any more cases of positive tests. Maybe baseball should have done it in a bubble, done it in Arizona where everybody stays at the same hotel and everything else. All right. Tomorrow on the rundown, We've got, uh, who have I got on the show tomorrow? Tyler Crowder joins us from uh, down in Georgia. We'll talk a little bit of football with him. Uh, later in the week, uh, Aiden Thomas is going to join us from collegetalking.com. He is uh, big with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I actually recorded an interview with him today, and we had a power surge, and I lost the interview. So we're going to do uh, bring him on on Friday, I believe. Also, we'll have a former guard, for the Clemson Tigers, Terrence Oglesby on the show as uh, we try to roll through the rest of this heat, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking forward to fall simply because I don't like it when it's so hot. I mean, just the walk to your car is like, my goodness, I can feel my shoes cooking. It's amazingly hot outside here, which I know you're driving around like looking at your uh, your clock on your radio and you're like, ah, that idiot. He's sitting in an air-conditioned studio. What What in the world does he know? All right, podcast for this show will be up 5 o'clock this afternoon. Also, you can uh, interact with me. Follow the Facebook Live group. We have folks that are in there. They chat back and forth as we're trying to build that audience up there. You can also check out the show on Twitter. I'm at Rob Good. I mentioned Teddy Hefner earlier. Teddy Hefner is like, a, he's the Mac Brown of our station. He's He's the older gentleman that leads the way. He's on every day from nine to noon. Also, you've got Lawton Swan. He's here every day from four to six with Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton's always got like these big, huge guests that are amazing to me. You know, he's had like Mark Packer and all these other guys on that are so good. So check out his show. It's not just about Clemson, by the way. You can be an in-the-closet Gamecock fan. It's okay. You can still listen to Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. His website is Clemsonsportstalk.com. My website is FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Click on my name up top, and uh, you can check out the good stuff that I put up on my blog page. Now, with that, of course, tomorrow, as I said, we're going to look at the NBA a little bit, and... Of course, uh, we're on the eve of what they're going to do as far as the ACC, and I think everyone else is going to follow. So it's almost like Christmas Eve to a sort. We'll have that for you tomorrow on The Rundown. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio 1400.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.